All right, here we go. So uh, I'm me, you're you. Everybody in the audience is, well, they're them, I hope. Unless and, there's somebody else. And we are broadcasting out to the wastelands of modernity, and this is Hyperborean Radio. Yes, I am Celtic God. With me, and by me, I mean me. The lore keeper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just just in case. Yes, I but, am the um, lore keeper. Yeah, last week it was a pretty serious show, and uh, about so, half the information from then to now has definitely changed. So, and, um, yeah. So, so, today we're going to talk about something that's got nothing to do with nothing. Or yeah. does it? <laughs> we're going to talk about the Pikamons. Sure. Go ahead, because I know almost nothing about this topic. <laughs> okay. So. It's a cartoon, and there's a movie, and a whole bunch of video games I have never played. So, what got me on about this topic is a while ago, a long time ago. I don't even think we have this episode anymore. We actually used to do a occasional show called heathen movie nights we uh and in the last one we did i brought up a very odd option which was the pokemon franchise and basically it was the unexpected pagan aspects of modern media is basically what heathen movie nights was pokemon is weirdly heathen and it actually speaks to a lot of what people want and if i haven't lost you already <laughs> yeah just just bear with us it um, there, there is a point and it makes, it seems like nothing makes sense, but here's the thing is anytime our people get obsessively interested in something at the very least from our perspective, there is something there of value. Well, let me yank this back to something that people like me can understand. We understand it's a video game. We understand that it's a Japanese um, um, series. Uh, it's a franchise. It, yeah, it's they, a they, Japanese. They, they have uh, they have diners. They have movies. They have TV shows, card well, games. Anyways, to keep it yanked back before we just let the reins go. <laughs> they the Japanese are oddly obsessed with our people, specifically Western Europe and America. They also sure. have a weird thing with Russia, but that's uh, uh, that's different. Yeah, um, but. They actually try. They try to. They they go out of their way to do the best that they can with the lore, with the people, the history. And it doesn't matter what it what it is that they're doing. It can be anime. It can be historic movies. It can be video games. They do what they can, and they get amazingly close in some cases. Well, they, however, they, they still all. have to run it through that Japanese lens, which makes everything a ha at least a half step off. What disgusts me is they get it closer than a lot of Hyperborean scholars yes. and historians and academics. Well, the way I describe it is the Japanese are obsessed with us, so they try to do a good job of representing our culture. And oftentimes, if they realize that they have made something we like, they will actively pivot to try to cater to us. Mm -hmm. You can see this with anime and manga. Like, everyone bitches about how... Well, and there's some cases, too, where... They get something so disastrously wrong, they don't apologize for it. But what they do is they just yank away from it like, oops, yeah, we went in completely the wrong direction. Now we're headed in a generally correct Yes, like you direction. can't. And I, I've looked into some of the, the animes, for instance, which I'm sure will actually apply to the Pokemon topic. Yes. Um, where some of the most egregious failures that they make is because they use liberal... Hyperboreans to verify their 
the direction that they're going, like the blonde female Paul Bunyan. Yes. Or the blonde female King Arthur. Those are Hyperborean inserts, not Japanese inserts. Well, and a lot of it... Excuse me. But the what I would say is more what I'm interested in, in right now is not just the Pikamons. It's this this combination of this Europhilia that Japan has and this Sinophilia, which or the obsession with Japanese culture that a lot of the West has. Mm-hmm. And it, what it is is it's this weird crisscross where the Japanese have become obsessed with us, so they're mimicking a lot of our stuff. And because we're so bad right now on average of representing our own stuff, we are more drawn to the Japanese. Like, everyone will point out the absolute... And there are problems, like the the incest porn. There's a lot of problems with yeah, Japanese they, culture. They have issues. And a lot of them get exported here. I'm not denying those. But there is a very big difference between big titty harem anime and, say, a Hayao Miyazaki movie. Which, here's the thing. is As people like the Hayao Miyazaki movie so much, even though they are told in a fairly Japanese style of storytelling, that there are white people that have gone Shinto because of it. Which or Shin- is, Shintoism, which is right, uh, Shintoism, which is the universal, and that that's not something that we made up. That's something I've read from an, an academic that was studying uh, uh, Japanese stuff. It, he differentiated between the ethnic Shinto and Shintoism, which is what it's the universalistic version of it. Well, yeah, like um, there's actually a Shinto temple in Hawaii that includes Lincoln and Washington among the right, kami. Which falls under Shintoism, not Shinto. Well, and part of the reason I think people really enjoy just, just the, the stuff that gets exported here, which is specifically geared towards us. Don't, make no mistake about that. You want to see what the Japanese actually like? Look at what they find popular. The biggest things in Japan almost never make it to the West. Yeah. It's because it's a completely different style of storytelling. Well, and it's a different people. Yeah, they there's stuff that is... But we are such a market, and there's such a little feather in your cap for getting the West to like your stuff that the Japanese will actively do that. That's why there's so many things based on French mythology, uh, Arthurian lore, Norse mythology, Greek lore, etc. It's because it, it is something they have become obsessed with, and it's nothing new. Because the Ainu were very influential on the Japanese culture, and they were hyper And we're talking about the actual Ainu, not the ones that exist not, now. Not the Eurasians that exist now. Yeah. But the um, the reason this is such a uh, topic... Actually, as a matter of fact, almost every time that we talk about the Ainu, we're talking we're, about the actual Ainu, not the Eurasians that are masquerading as I knew for money. Well, like if we talk about the Greeks, we're not talking about the mutts that live there. Yeah. Same with the Spaniards. We're talking about the Spaniards, the ethnic group in Spain or in Texas, Spaniards. Right. Um, but among, to bring it back to Picamons, right. the weird thing is, is I was actually racking my brain. Why are people so obsessed with this game? It's not really unique. There's a lot of different games that you. It's use. not even really that good. No. And then I started looking at the way the world is set up. And what it is, is it's a borderline anarchical meritocratic system that is run by various chieftains and has druids whose specific goal is to not only keep the knowledge of the land and its lore and studies, but to actually teach it and encourage the young. There is a 
trial, quote unquote, that people can do to basically go from being normal person who, you know, shops at the the mart and whatever mm -hmm. to actually becoming potentially at a fairly young age, the literal high king of the region they're in. And it's each gym leader is effectively the tribal chieftain because they're basically in charge of whatever town they live in. And then they're usually supposed to be the strongest trainer. They'll use the weaker Pokemon as basically a trial, not an actual full on fight. The gym leaders are stronger than they are. And then you have the elite four, which is like the generals, the highest ranking sort of honor guard that can take down the high king if they ever want to, provided they're strong enough to beat him. The, the sort of champion of the region, who is effectively the person in charge of governance. They basically can influence and do things, but they, by and large, everything is run by the town. The gym leader is more of a meritocratic symbol, who is also the guardian. Everything's borderline anarchic. Most of the area is wild. And then you can personally interact with wild animals and spirits and even interact with literal, basically ethnic gods. So it's this weird Japanese form that's closer to our ethnic faith and how we tend to organize ourselves socially than most things will be. And I think part of it is because, don't get me wrong, the Japanese way they have set up, even when they're focusing on their ethnic faith is not equivalent to hyperborean. It's about three steps away. Three steps away. But it's closer than, say, how the Africans set stuff up or the Dravidians set stuff up. Right. Well, and really it's because they're, regardless of what has become of them, they are a warrior people. They are, I mean, the, the samurai culture. It's, it's a thing. Well, it's something we've actually brought up is the Japanese are not only a warrior culture, they're directly influenced by the Ainu, which were white, but it's minute. It's not like they base their entire culture off of this. No. And then the other thing is with the... Um, they still do stuff in an Asian way. Yes. Period. And then they live in a temperate forest area because most of those islands in Japan are temperate forest. Mm -hmm. So you combine a warrior culture influenced by Hyperboreans combined with being in the same environment that we would naturally be in, you're going to end up with a few similarities just because it's like if you have an if you have a continent that's mostly temperate forest and another continent that's mostly temperate forest, the animals will end up looking the same even if they're not related. It's like there's porcupines in North America that are not related at all to the porcupines in Europe, but they function almost exactly the same. Yeah. It, it's that sort of convergent evolution thing. And it happens culturally too. But that has kind of bled into affecting a lot of Western culture because we're so starved for anything presenting us in a positive light that well, you can see we're looking to other cultures. They're, they're just, um, uh, you used the word earlier, but they're just fascinated with the, the Japanese culture, so much so that they start wearing kimonos and the fetishizing um, the the world's worst fucking sword the katana oh yeah the katana na, 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 na. so the the official term would be sinophiles but the ones you're talking about the cringe ones yeah they're called weeaboos it's an insult yes and they deserve to be insulted yes they do because they're almost invariably the most embarrassing fucks you can imagine okay i take it back it is not the world's worst sword that dravidian whip sword 
bullshit. That is the world's worst sword. I mean, frick, that, that sword is worse than the uh, just obsidian crystals put in a stick that the Aztecs used. Uh, I mean, it, it looks intimidating when they're sweeping around, but you counter that with a boot. Yeah. I mean, really, that's all that you need is a boot. A boot. Just step on it. Nothing to boot to boot it. Yes. But just, just step on it. That's it. Just, and if you have a boot and a pair of jeans, oh, man, you win. There's nothing that they can do to stop you. Well, and... World's worst fucking sword, the whip sword. Well, and I think this is partly why... Because even me, because I grew up in the 90s, and like I was joking earlier, pretty much my entire generation grew up watching Pikamon. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it was the best show on TV when you were a kid. Because most Western animation treats kids like they're all collectively three years old. That, that was actually the thing, is most of the shows that were produced for my age group had no plot, no creativity, and they were really kind of boring. Right, they, they neglect the story. They neglect the story. And, and man, and, do they focus on the, uh, on the message, though. I noticed this back when, like, you was a kid. Yeah. I'm like... There is a lot of messaging in this, but absolutely no story. And a lot of talking down to the audience, like we're too stupid to notice mm-hmm. stuff. Um, that's actually how, because people have actually pointed this out before, is way back in the 80s, the reason everyone was watching, you know, Japanese cultural crap was because the West wasn't producing anything that the kids actually liked. Like, well, and you see, when it first started coming up, the reason why people liked it is because it's different. It's what our people do. We see something different. We have to know all about it. Well, everything. We're ze- we're very xenophilic. Like everyone talks about, oh, the xenophobia, the racist white man. Well, I wouldn't even say xenophilic so much as we are extremely curious. Like what happens when uh, you first introduce somebody to a microscope? They want to look at everything under the microscope. So it's it's well, less xeno. The xenophilia is more a an expression. Of our curiosity. Of that curiosity. The base is we are so curious about everything. And school does everything that they can to smash that right out of you. Don't ask this type of question. Ask this type of question. That is not a good question. Stop asking good questions. Start asking just repetitive questions. Well, and the thing is the Japanese are in kind of the same boat we are. Their stuff is more active, but it's just as fucked with. Oh, yeah. Like Shintoism and actual ethnic faith of the Japanese are not, are not the same. Shinto and the actual ethnic faith of the Japanese are not really the same. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with us as we're dealing with the... We have, you know, people that try to basically make a new Yahweh, whether it's Prometheus, Rod, uh, Odin, the Dogda, pick a god, uh, that'll try to basically reformat a new monotheism. We have people that blend it with a bunch of different ethnic faiths and it doesn't make a ton of sense and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We are dealing with the same thing. That's not a play for um, sympathy points or empathy points for the Japanese. It's literally just, this is not just a European thing. The universalists have infected everything. And the Japanese, they actively try to get things right for us and they still get so many things wrong because they're just not us well and i expect it from them to get stuff wrong that's why i don't necessarily flip out if they go too far astray i'm like yeah fuck you um same as with our own stuff it's why i don't watch pagan movies and pagan tv shows our people should know better but we get stuff so wrong and it actually infuriates me when the japanese get stuff wrong i'm like eh. 
Well, I, I mean, just won't watch it. Well, and then people are very selective of when they will and when they won't listen to um, the church. Mm-hmm. For instance, if the church says Perun is just Thor, but like the Slavic name, people will jump all over that and be like, Thor, Thor, Thor. This in the the books that everyone loves, the Eddas, it'll straight up, they'll straight up argue something like the gods are originally just Trojan people that headed north. And people will be like, oh, that's just nonsense. Yeah, Trojan people in Turkish? Uh, yeah, well, like, I think Troy was set in Turkey. They, or they, they thought. They, they thought. It's not. They thought it was in Turkey, but however, it is not. Yes, but. It is actually in Greece where the story is set. Yes, but we get so many things wrong that it gets exhausting. It's like nobody really wants to see, say, Achilles, who's known for being blonde, as a black man. Nobody wants to see that, but they've made that show in the West. Or the sexy dirt, or the or the or, or the, the sexy like a thousand sexy really dirt, the human when, sacrificing. When uh, our when our people portray that, it really makes me angry. The not our people, if they're putting forth an, a genuine um, attempt, it doesn't actually anger me. It's just like, oh well, they went completely the wrong direction, and that's it. I, I don't even worry about. it. I just stop watching. When it's our people, that's why I can't watch pagan movies, pagan shows, um, pagan um, history explanations from Discovery or the History Channel or whatever. Well, they they often go off. It makes me so angry because all they do is repeat what the church has said about us. Well, like one of the dead giveaways is when people try to make the gods so separate from people that they look down on us. This even happened in uh, Wagner's operas. Yes. The gods personally diss that we're even interacting with them and that's just not how it rolls if you actually look at german mythology and norse mythology and british mythology and celtic mythology and etc 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 the gods and the humans are joined at the hip Mm -hmm. and you and i were just talking about this actually the thing is the gods are family but just like as each successive generation of your family you get less and less emotionally invested imagine 50 60 generations down the line 500 500 just the sheer amount of descendants you have and then your specific share of it is minimal right that's why we have to strive to be noble and to be great to stand um, I almost said above, but so many people don't understand what I mean by that. Now they, they think, I mean, better pushing everybody else down. They need to be in charge. You don't need to be in charge. What you need to do is be great to get their attention. Well, I mean, there's two ways to kind of climb a mountain and try to, if you're in a win in a, a race, you can be the fastest and the strongest and maybe even have people that help you and you help them. Or you can be the guy that keeps kicking people off the mountain. Yeah. Uh, which, well, like what, some of those people, I don't have to outrun the wolf. All I got to do is be faster than you. Yeah. And, and you see, and that joke's even made it into zombie movies. Yeah. Uh, where they just shoot the other guy in the leg and then keep around running. Yeah. It's the, it's the two types of people. And it's actually something people have commented on on leadership is there's the person who leads by being in the carriage and having people pull him with his luggage, with their luggage, while he's just sitting back having a Mai Tai. And then you have the person that's right at the front, pulling in front of everyone to be the example that everyone should to pull the the luggage. Right. It's two very different ways of doing it. And 
because the Japanese are also a warrior culture, that's where you end up with the high king sort of thing in the Pikamons with the champion is because they also have the meritocratic lead by example thing. Right. Because warrior cultures don't follow the fat fuck who's just like, go, wage war, my servants. Well, and that's like, um, and, and it did actually happen historically, but a lot of people think the leader that leads from the front, that's stupid because he's right up there in the line of fire, so on and so forth. No, the leader that led from the front in general just meant that he was on the battlefield. Well, yeah, it's not uh, that he was literally in the front lines because his men, if they loved him, would not allow him to be in the front lines anyways. They would bodily carry him. Well, it's away, actually it's something that people, which has also happened historically. Yes, it is actually. It's this corruption of word. It's the corruption of history, corruption of language, corruption of culture. It's one of the things that I have become extremely irritated by is that people, instead of looking at our nature, they are looking at the idea of what they wish we were. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing is, it's like how people will get mad that most people are hobbits. Most people have always been hobbits. Complete with hairy feet. <laughs> but the... um. Oh, shoot. Um, it's a complete aside. Um, but we should have mentioned that we have a, uh, a new Teesprings and we're filling that up with shirts and stickers and doodads and whatnot's perfect for the um the person on the go in the wastelands of modernity yes and uh, you can get to that teesprings through our link tree which should be in the channel description i'm going to check it after this just to make sure precisely and if you want to support us that's a good way to do so or buy us a coffee which is actually buying us a book um that's in the link tree as well yeah it's it we're, is, we're horrible at this part. We're, we're horrible at self-promotion. It's just not how we run. Um, but Hyperborean Radio is supported by listeners like you. Thank you. <laughs> now we're going to get sued by NPR. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. They don't have any uh, money. Yeah, share us around people that you like, people that you hate. Uh, either way. Either way. Ed, I know it's kind of weird because we always try to emphasize our own culture and that's what i'm actually doing here why has japanese pop culture completely overtaken and part of why it, is it leading the way it's leading the way like uh, i think one manga one manga not even one manga series one manga so one freaking japanese comic book outsold the entire western com well american comic book well industry. there's um there's many reasons for that part of it is people saying well western comic books suck and they're horrible and they're dead but then you start reading some American comics and you're like, I don't know what they're talking about. This stuff is wonderful. Yes, DC and Marvel are pretty much rinse, repeat, and the quality's gone way down. Very, very, very diverse. So that is their lack of, I mean, their strength. But there are other American comics out there that's, they're well drawn. The stories are well put together. You might not agree with everything in it, like uh, you got in Hellboy. Oh yeah, it's a uh, it's very well illustrated. It's, it's very, very well culty, which is not pagan, but well, it's like a the if the if the Christians can appreciate things with a ton of pagan symbolism, I can get past a little bit of Christian symbolism. I just treat it the same way they do the pagan stuff, which is their stuff is some fictional nonsense. Mm -hmm. That's how I roll. It's like if there's a like uh, if there's something about priests with like warrior crud if 
fighting a vampire army. Yes. I, if it's I well think there's written. actually a movie named Priest that does that. Yes. It, it's not that one's not very good, but there's and the funny thing is, is it's always turns out in these things that the church is not the good guy. Always. It's like just the logical progression. It's like um, even the terrible uh, pop culture and uh, media that we have in the West inevitably ends up talking about how the heaven and hell dichotomy doesn't make any sense and ends up rewriting it closer to the pagan. Yes. Like uh, the good place. They actually ended up, okay, this heaven and hell thing doesn't work at all because hell is completely disproportionately has everyone in it. And then the few people that ever made it to the good place, quote unquote, are pleasure zombies because they have to be happy all the time. So now they feel nothing like one person was having an orgasm all the time. And as a result, the person literally felt nothing. Yes. Uh, and then their good place actually became worse than, than their the, bad place than their hell. Yeah. And they rewrote it. So basically became, well, I, I think by the end of the series, what they ended up doing was they turned the good place basically into the meadow of the ancestors. And then if you weren't good enough to get into the good place, you got reincarnated so that you'd get another go. I think it would be uh, the way they kind of had it was they would work through in hell or be reincarnated. And then um, you also had uh, if you got really sick of being that, you could basically go into the river of life. Yes. So you could just just sleep and just through logic, they ended up coming to a very um, heathen place to be. Uh, uh, well, the same in the. Uh, Didn't they end up doing basically the same thing with um, Supernatural? Supernatural. Yes. Assholes. Yeah, they actually how it ended up working out was, first of all, they got help from Fortuna. So they got help from the heathen gods to beat Yahweh because Yahweh was the big bad. Mm -hmm. And then. They beat him by taking basically the Antichrist and stuffing all the power of God into him. And then instead of killing God, they kind of just left him in his own weakened state. And then the Jack, which here's the other thing. Jack is the name for a spirit in European paganism. Like Jack of Jack. Yeah, his O'Lantern. name isn't Jack. Jack is the word meaning spirit. Yes. But the character of the Antichrist is actually named Jack. Right. And then. So a pagan spirit gets all the power of God, and then he actually tells people, I d don't need to be worshipped. Just acknowledge me in the, it, I'm in the raindrops. I'm in the air around you. Basically, they re- Old Christianity. Yeah, they just tore the Christian bit mostly away. Basically, gave a personality to the river of life, which it doesn't have one. And then he just walked away. And then heaven got completely rebuilt into a temperate forest. Which was the basically the meadow of the ancestors, so it's and hell basically just became a giant party run by a goddess. Right. Well, and the angels were the bad guys, and God was the bad guy, and so on. They're they're, they're all bad guys. Well, it was hilarious because another thing is hell the, in the, in Supernatural, and yes, this is a bad show, but it was better than ninety percent of thing. the crap. Referencing pop culture actually helps. Yes. By the end, it was, instead of being run by Lucifer or being run by a demon, it was run by a witch who was a, a, a Scottish witch with red hair who was the friend of the main characters who ended up there and took it over and turned it into a pretty decent place, actually. She made it the underworld and became the queen of the underworld. So by the end, you have basically two heroes helped by the goddess of luck, 
to defeat God, replace him with the river of life, while hell, instead of being a bad place, became just ruled over by the queen of the underworld, who mostly ran it like one big party. And then heaven became the meadow of the ancestors, completely remade. Well, and then um, another show, I actually liked it for a minute, was uh, Lucifer. And by the end of that, you know, Lucifer, he doesn't lie. He actually helps people. Um, most, of the, most of the things that people, their, their punishments, they do it to themselves. And all he can do is stand by and watch and say, yeah, you might not. Okay, you did that. Um, but then God, out of touch and has no idea of what the fuck is going on. Uh, he set these things up with the, the best of intentions, but he is out of touch and has no idea what's going on. Half the bad guys are angels. The um, heaven is like this abomination. It's like a Lucifer we- ends up taking over. Um, I forget who ends up taking over hell, but hell basically is released. And then heaven, he basically turns it again into the meadow of the ancestors as opposed to the silver city. Well, and then on top of all that, it's because there's God and then there's God's wife, which just makes a pantheon of angels that are effectively gods. Yeah. And then just whoever's the king of the angels, which is all God effectively is in that show, is all powerful. Mm-hmm. Because Lucifer, after he takes over, gets all the abilities, which means it's it's a hereditary position. Right, and then he does nothing with it, really. No, because... He, he, yeah, he's just like, okay. Well, it's no fun to ha- be everything. Well, and then they rewrote hell, so instead of being a place of eternal torment, it's working through your issues till you get to go to heaven. Yeah. And actively helping them work through their issues. Yeah, it's advanced, uh, no-holds-barred therapy. therapy. Yeah. It's, man, they... they well, all what these it, shows end up going in the same direction. They always end up going in the same direction. Well, what it is, is everyone... The folk Christianity is more interesting because about 80% of it's pagan. Mm-hmm. The 20% of it makes it unusable well, you, by and large. There but There was a quote that you was talking about yesterday. Uh, you said that you really liked. Um, I can't even remember where you got it from, but it's something about just say that um, something about good and evil. You just even talked about earlier today and say, yay, good. Oh, it's a quote from Rick and Morty of all things. It was um, all you got to do is... Um, See who something along the lines of see who's good and see who's evil and root for good. And that's it. That's that's how most people run. And here's the thing is they're always on the well, side of good. That's what they want. And then they wonder. Then when they do stop and look around the world, they wonder why everything fell apart is because were they actually rooting for a good guy? Well, that's part of the problem. I mean, and someone actually just posted on it on Telegram. I don't remember what channel it was, but they actually said everyone's looking for the good guys. But if they actually looked around. But if they actually looked around and realized there are no good guys, they might actually do something. Right. Because here's the thing, is if there's not this grand... Well, there really is no good guys or bad guys. It just depends on where you're standing. Well, it's like um, the concept of sin. You and I have actually talked about this. The old use of the term, before it was used by Christianity, was an unnatural act. Yes. And an unnatural act is varied. For instance, to get kind of weird, eating three bags of sugar, just spoon after spoon in one sitting is an unnatural act mm-hmm. using and possibly even eating three bags of sugar over the course of two months 
okay, that's a little much, but depending you, on the size of the bag of sugar, you, you probably could get through that just drinking a Coca Cola a day. Probably. Well, and that's like some people will go to the extreme. But that means watching TV is unnatural and blah blah blah. Okay, no, what? Watching TV is the same as sitting down, listening to somebody tell a story, which it doesn't matter if it's on TV or if you're literally sitting there listening to somebody tell stories. If you listen to people tell stories 12 to 14 hours a day, every day, that's unnatural and it's not good for well, you to well, do that. Well, it's like when people try to use, well, if you are so for natural, then stop using all these grooming things. We've always groomed. In fact, they used to complain about how obsessively groomed the, the, the North heathens were. The heathens were. Because the, the... Well, some people will say the Vikings. But the, the reality is, it was more than just the Vikings. Which is why the sexy dirt thing annoys me so much. Yes. And you know what? The, it was actually one of the complaints of the dirty Irish. Oh, they think that they have to take a bath twice a week and have two sets of clothes to change into? Oh, my goodness. And they brush their hair and they brush their beards. What's wrong with them? What? Huh? Well, I mean, and again, this is where you have the, the sexy dirt with the, the hateful demonic gods in the Western media where we represent our own stuff as if it's poisonous. And then you have the Japanese, like I brought up. Mm -hmm. And the reason... I focus on the Japanese is because no other... Well, the Japanese don't bother putting us in sexy dirt. They understand yeah. we are just incessantly clean. Well, I mean, anytime a Westerner shows up, um, a European, uh, American, whatever, in anime, they're almost always badasses. Oh, yeah. Well, one, they're, they're larger. Well, um, yeah. Two, they're always intelligent. Even the dumb ones are remarkably intelligent, like cunning intelligence. So they might not know all the things that the Japanese characters do where they do, you know, the um, the maths in their head for the incoming angle of the blow and pulling up their. They don't do that stuff, but they are cunning at the very least, even if they're they don't know very much. They're bigger, they're stronger, ferocious. And basically, they just once the fighting starts, they don't stop. That's how the how we're viewed and they're clean. And always drawn pretty. Even if, uh, like, the, there was one that you showed me a clip of where the dude was some fighting thing, and he was the big, massive... Yeah, big power... Yeah, you would think that he was fat at first until basically his shirt comes off and he has two axes, and he still has a big power belly, but it has a six-pack in it. Yes, well, and he had a big blonde beard, and then his teeth had all been replaced with, like, silver fangs. Mm -hmm. And he would always... He'd have two freaking huge axes and a cigar that he would puff. And he would light it off of, like, the burning building. Right. Well, and they also show our people taking, when we when they show our people getting hit, blows that should drop them. And they continue to fight where they will take the Japanese people and the Japanese person is down. and oh, oh, my goodness. What do I do? Spirit, come Power me up with your superpower thing. It's so over 8,000. Right. It's over 80,000. But the white dude's like gets run through with a sword and runs up on the sword and then smashes the guy in the head. Well, and here's the thing is which one is is well, it's a good thing to portray our people as. Well, it's like um, we have some friends. They like like Berserk. Berserk is actually really popular in uh, these spheres. <sighs> I 
personally haven't watched it or read much of it. I know that it's at the very least decent, but it's I have decent. I'll, I'll I'll qualify it as decent. It does not quite achieve good. But the first couple episodes, good. Well, and they, then steady downhill. They really emphasize the European stuff, but they get a lot of it wrong. I think a lot of people that really like it don't make it past the first couple episodes. I think it's a, lot, a largely an aesthetic thing. Yeah. But um there one thing that is important to note is that because they don't talk down to their audience, like so, like if you actually read Western yes, you wise and beautiful people out there. Yes. The <laughs> we, the Western comics, for instance, they're more complex than the mass media things like the cartoons for kids and stuff will actually portray them. Mm -hmm. Like there's more complex issues. The characters are deeper. It's not as simple as like the, the the Batman cartoon is not the Batman comics. The Batman comics are more complex, even um, like Hellboy. It's a lot more complex in the books, but you're limited by movies and TV shows. Mm -hmm. In the same way, the Japanese will base a lot of their media, especially what comes out West, off of the manga, off of their comic books. Their comic books tend to, they tend to directly adapt, usually. So they don't tend to water it down too much. So you end up with these complex villains who, yes, it's from the Japanese perspective, but it's deeper than... Skeletor, whose main element is that he's a meme. This is one thing I actually do appreciate about um, the Japanese storytelling. They know how to end things. Like, they are not afraid to be like, okay, story's done, go home. Well, and especially after they started uh, veering off towards us, is they would leave it almost with an open-ended. Like, this section of the story is done. I have no more to tell, but yes, there's more stuff that can happen after this. Right. Well, and that's the way that... They tell their stories, which it's actually closer in line with our traditional storytelling. Do we leave open ends? Yes. Do they demand a further story? Absolutely not. Theirs, they end it, but they don't tie all the, the loose ends up. They're just like, okay, and that's the end. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, it's like how we can have a hero that shows up in hundreds of tales and there's no official ending. Yeah. It's like old TV shows in the West. MacGyver doesn't have a real ending. So I'm the not Hulk saying doesn't have that a real ending. The Japanese and the Hyperborean storytelling methods are the same. Not at all. No, but like we pointed out, you combine same rough environment, uh, white admixture and white cultural influence from the Ainu, and then a, and then they are a warrior culture. You're going to end up with a few similarities, and then that's only been accented and emphasized since they interacted with us when we beat their asses. But um. Yeah, if you read some of our traditional stories, some of them are really short. Like some people don't even realize that their stories are so short because it's it's like one paragraph. Oh, uh, yeah, two like, or three sentences long. That's like, every, like you hear saga, you think all of them are like the size of the Iliad. No, no most of them aren't even close to that size. Most of them some are of them only are like paragraphs long. Yeah, well, it's like fairy tales. There are fairy tales that are like twenty pages long. They're almost like a whole oral epic. And then there's fairy tales that last one paragraph. Yes. Sometimes less. Sometimes less, because some stories are literally one sentence long. But it's the entirety of a story. And it doesn't seem to matter for us how long it is. We, What we like is for the story to be told. All the ends doesn't have to be tied up. But that, that story has to be told in completion. And due to, um, I think it's mostly finances. 
So money. That's why our part of what started steering our modern storytelling down the road that it is. There's always that cliffhanger. And then he and then he fell off the the cliff, but there was a wagon underneath with straw. Okay. I'm going to stop here. Well, what the fuck happens? You you didn't actually end the story. Well, I think that's part of the issue there is that they always have to end on cliffhangers in the hopes that it'll get them another season. The spaghetti western. Yeah. It is literally the spaghetti western. And that's the first place where I've seen that in our culture is the spaghetti western. Well, there is always ending on a cliffhanger so that you'll come see the next one. Well, I think it started and I think it was a pulp book. But the reason it's called a cliffhanger is the guy literally ended the story with the guy hanging from a cliff. Right. Um, Which if he wanted to end the story, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have ended him hanging off from a cliff. He would have ended him at the edge of the cliff and end of story. Well, it's sort of like, to use a more modern version, Lord of the Rings or uh, even more modern, Harry Potter. Because Harry Potter is the story specifically of Harry versus Voldemort. Right. But, well, and yeah, that ended the story. But there's still a possibility bro- beyond. Well, and that's how our storytelling works. And I think it's an attempt consistently to replace our mythology, yes. to to create a surrogate to replace what we once had, which is why you have people that turn these fandoms into religions is it is a replacement religion. Mm-hmm. That's what these fictional stories turn into. Well, and that's why uh, like Tolkien with Lord of the Rings, that's why he had to end it the way they did where he actually ended it with the and then they re- returned to Hobbington and he started tying up the loose ends because if you left it with when the, the uh, oh, fuck, I forgot his name, Sme- uh, Smeagol anyways, um, grabs the ring and he goes into the, uh, into the volcano. If you end it there, it's on a cliffhanger. What the fuck happens? So he went and tied up the loose ends with now we're going to visit Hobbington for a minute. And there was a, a battle with the goblins because they made it that far, and then it, then that was sorted, and basically kind of offhands it, and then it was sorted out. And oh yeah, the elves they went back to, is it Lothlorien, whatever land it was that they came from, and the dwarves did this thing, and yeah, I think that's everybody. Okay, time to go. End of story. Well, I mean, so he had he, like because of the way he told the story, he had to tie up the ends. Yes, he had like 12, 15 endings or whatever. Yeah. There's, a, there's a whole joke about it. Yeah. But the thing is, is there is more story after that. And he's even referenced it in like the Silmarillion and stuff like and expanded stuff. Oh, yeah. But what it is, is the story there of Frodo and the ring was told. Just like The Hobbit was Bilbo's adventure to the Well, I really like your, your thing because it's pretty accurate about the sacred is in the storytelling. It yes. is not the story. It is not the storyteller. It is in the act of telling the story. Well, like a good example of this, it came out a couple of years ago, was Klaus, the, the, the Christmas movie, made by a Spanish, a Spanish animation studio released by Netflix. It tells us an origin story for Santa Claus. It's not canonical in the sense that it's not like it's not. Right, but it's also not contrary either. No, it get it hits all the right story beats. The idea of this man, very generous, ascends to basically godhood by the end of the film through deed, through being this generous myth that grew and grew and grew. So it hits all the story beats. So it's neither the story nor the storyteller, because most people don't even know who actually made the film because mm-hmm. he's not notable enough, even though he made such a good film. Well, anyways. 
the storytelling. The film was told so well that it still accomplished its goal, even though it was a new story. It's like the Santa Claus, same thing. Well, it's it's very much like um, something that's been irritating the shit out of me is um, folk songs. And people will, they, they, they get the folk song, they sing the folk song, and then they, it's not patented, it's uh, copyrighted and claim to have written it. When they haven't. When they haven't. Well, I wrote this version of it. Oh, motherfucker. That's how folk songs work. You have the rhythm, you have the beat, you have the point of the song. There's this particular phrase that has to be in there and the rest of it is malleable. Well, and they do that with folk culture all the time. Like there have been people that have tried to claim they invented Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan's a folk deity. Just because you're the one that wrote it down does not mean that you're the one that made it up. Or or a lot of popular country songs are are Appalachian or Southern or like country or Northern country songs. They're folk songs like Mm -hmm. Ain't No Grave. Ain't No Grave is actually a, a folk song. But if you Google it up, this guy wrote it. No, he didn't. Ghost Riders in the Sky. Same thing. Yeah. These guys, they didn't actually write the songs. What they did was record the songs. Yes. Well, and here's the thing is... The the, the closest that you'll see to honesty is um, it's by the animals, uh, House of the Rising Sun. Yeah, they'll admit that they wrote part of it, but most... Well, it's because they admitted it was a folk song. Yes. So the only one that you can't use is the one with the organ organ solo that's in it. And other than that, it's a, basically it's a free-to-use song because well, it's, it's a folk song. Well, it's like the Beatles. The Beatles are so controlling over what songs, who can use their songs, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that they're going to die. Their yeah, music they'll, will they'll be forgotten th- because, because they're selfish and greedy with their music. Well, and part of the reason they're selfish and greedy is the only two left are the ones without talent. Mm-hmm. The two talented ones are dead, and, well, and even they charge then, so much because I understand charging money to but to, millions of dollars, millions and then they are so protective, people can't even write covers. Yeah, like I'm surprised anyone ever uses any Beatles music with how expensive it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, it's ridiculous. Like there's a whole Las Vegas circus act I saw when I was a kid that was based off of um, the Beatles. And then there's a musical based off it. I'm surprised these things can even exist because the amount of money they got to pay just on royalties to right. the Beatles. It's but ridiculous. with the uh, the folk music thing, the reason that pisses me off is because there's a, it's it's a thing that our people are hungry for, right? And there's these, how to put it gently, fucking crooks that are taking actual folk music, and then they'll record it and claim to have written it. Well, it's like they've tried to rewrite history so that you can trace the invention of this to someone what does that uh, what's that one song it's the one where i, I lost my shit for a couple days over it, it was, uh savage daughter yeah savage daughter my grandmother sang that my it, mother sang that other people's grandmothers and mothers sang that nobody wrote nobody in alive today wrote right but you savage that daughter. up and there's somebody that claims to have written it she didn't write it no all and, she did was claim something that already existed. Well, and here's the thing is. And marketed what, it. What that song actually means is far more than, I'm guessing, the feminist claptrap that people are using it for. Yes. The song, like, it, you actually told me the story of how it actually started. What it was was there was this woman who was talking out against the Irish nobles because they were basically all the English's dogs. They were bought and paid for. So she called them out. 
They captured her, tried her as a witch, tortured her, shaved her head, and cut out her tongue. Yes. This drove the men so freaking angry that they went and slaughtered most of the nobles. And then the song is mo spent, meant to be sung for her because she can no longer sing. She is her mother's savage daughter. She will not cut her hair. She will not lower her voice. You don't own that song. No one does. It is the spirit of a people. And yeah, that, that makes me very, very angry when people copyright our heritage. Well, it's like um, I was drawing a, a symbol of the Dogda earlier um, based off of a very old, uh, I think it's metalwork. And uh, because I've been raised in modernity, I'm so used to trying to avoid copyright. And then CG actually had to be the one to point out that's our symbols. We can use it. Don't let people copyright or tell you you can't use your people's symbols, your people's folklore, your people's gods. Never let anyone copyright Loki, Thor, Savage Daughter, The Parting Glass. Ain't No Grave, Paul Bunyan. Don't let them copyright fairies. Don't let them copyright elves. Don't let them copyright anything. And for God's sake, well, people, please, well, Hyperboreans, please start producing stuff that actually exemplifies just how fucking amazing we are. Well, and don't let them call it fantasy. No. Well, you see, this elf, we can make it, or, or this fairy, we can make it whatever, what, whatever we want because fairies are fantasy. No, they're not. Well, like the gods, like the, the, the show. Well, the... this fairy is fantasy because we put wings on it and traditional fairies don't have. No, fuck you. You're using the word fairy. No, make it up is your not own thing. fantasy. Well, it's like there's a fairy in a story of Anansi. No, there isn't. They didn't have fairies. You don't even have fairies when you get to the freaking Mediterranean until there was influence from northern fairy tales. Right. The Africans didn't have fae. They didn't. It's the Hades, Persephone. They're not black. Achilles is not black. Queen Elizabeth is not black. Or El Asian or... El Cid is not black. Hamilton is not black. Aaron Burr is not black. Washington is not black. Read some freaking history. And I'm and hoping... don't let them get away with calling it fantasy. Don't oh, well, you see, yes, it's set in a Europe... Th this story is set in a European-like like atmosphere with European stuff and European names. But you see, it's fantasy, so we can do it. No, you can't do whatever the fuck you want well, with it. Well, they're putting white face on actors now. Yes. Like they, they well, uh, because they know it's pissing us off. Well, so, well, we need the diversity. Let's put white face because that's not the same as black face. Well, it's like The Witcher. They straight up took their black chin chick that they had, put a ton of makeup on her so that she's white, gave her a nose bridge and this a red wig. This is what wig. pisses me off about so many people, and we got to wrap this up here in a minute, but... Our people have been so deluded. There was people that was like, oh, yay, they replaced the actress, and at least they put a white actress. No, no, we can't tell. What? What is wrong with our people when we cannot tell each other apart? It's more than just fucking skin color. Yes, it's not just skin color. There are many, many features, and we're extremely varied. Like me and CG, I'm over six feet. CG's not. CG is built like a freaking just tank. I'm built like a giant. 
it, we are very different shaped. If you took our skin off and our muscles and fossilized us, it would look like we were two different humanoids. That's the variety. You take a giant, someone with gigantism. Right, but we can, we still have these things where you can tell who the fuck we are. Yeah, our Just, hair, our hair texture, our hair color. Taking our, a Dravidian and painting them white. And giving them blonde hair does not make them hyperbolic. No, you can see that with the albino Dravidians, the albino Africans. There is a difference. Don't pretend that there isn't. And don't don't let them take our folklore, our stories, our history, and call it fantasy. Well, and I guess because it's not. Well, and I guess the takeaway, at least for me here, is why is the Japanese doing a better job of representing our culture? than we are even the people that actively are producing stuff with the intention they focus so much on the skin color on white which never should have been the title for us to begin with because don't define your race by a color this is simple don't define your species by a color what if the only thing that defined a fox was red oh there's a red over there what the fuck does that even mean why are we obsessing? Why am I hearing songs about freaking Dharma from supposedly pagan bands? Why am I seeing white people excuse the race bending? Or, or the outright brother wars. Oh, yeah. The whole no more brother wars crew shut up pretty fast. As soon yeah, that as the, went out the fucking window about a month ago. Oh, yeah. World War Three. Woo. Voot. I mean, you're doing the same thing people do when they vote for Republicans or Democrats. But my main thing I'm trying to get across here is we have to be better. We have to look at our culture, look at our history, look at who we are as a people. Because when a bunch of Asians on a bunch of islands on the opposite end of the freaking planet can do a better job of representing our culture than we can, we have been seriously removed from it. And it's about damn time we started looking at our own culture and embracing it instead of I don't know, worshiping a gay carpenter in his harem because that's getting really old and you can see it in real time. You want some proof? Look at Tim Cast, look at Seamus. The guy is getting weaker the more Christian he gets. He looks like he's about to become the thin man. Yeah. And with that, the lore keeper's gonna go off. Have a good day, everyone. All right. Yep. And um I'm going to tell everybody, you know, don't keep your head down, don't keep your mouth shut. Do keep your powder dry because the shit's flying all over the place. Until then, I guess we'll see you next week. Keep up to date with us on our Telegram. And, yeah, don't forget to support us by sharing us around and checking out our new Teesprings, which is available in the link tree in the description. All right, see you guys next week.